into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the geek's watch. For the geeks and all the geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the geek's watch. That's right. This week we're we're back. We're talking about Black Mirror season four again, and uh, yet another episode from the Black Mirror crew. Uh, Hang the DJs, episode four, season four. John, just a real quick, what did you think of that episode? In a word. Mm. <laughs> oh, mm, that that's an interesting word. <laughs> I want to say derivative. Derivative, okay. Well, well, we'll definitely dive into that more when we get to it. Uh, but at, but as always, first, we're going to get into some geek news. What's happening in the world of geek entertainment? First thing I want to talk about is a IP that's very, let's say, close to my heart. Something I, I hold dear. And it's the, the Mighty Ducks. Do you remember the, the movie The Mighty Ducks from Disney? I do, with uh, one of the Estevezes. <laughs> Emilio Estevez and uh, a young uh, Pacey from Dawson's Creek. I forget what the guy's name is. Oh, yeah. Josh something. He ended up being in Fringe also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yes, um, the Mighty Ducks is going to be getting a TV show, or at least they're working on one right now. A network is not attached as the, pro- as, as the project from the trilogy original screenwriter is in its early stages. I can't imagine it wouldn't be on ABC, though. Well, I mean, it's a Disney property, yeah. so uh, attaching it to ABC makes sense. However, we know Disney is going to be having their own streaming channel here pretty soon, so it could go to there. Uh, Freeform is a part of the ABC family, so it could go there. Hell, if they if Disney's going to be owning Fox, it could go to FX. It could go to it could go to Fox. Oh, yeah. You know. There's plenty of places it could go. Yeah. So, how would you feel about a young ragtag group of group of hockey players and their uh, lawyer coach? Well, as someone who grew up in the desert <laughs> and never experienced snow until my late 30s, for one season. For one season. Um, I couldn't care less. Okay. I was never really into the Mighty Ducks. Um, I think I was more of a cool runnings guy. <laughs> That's even more, more snow. A little bit more Jamaican bobsled. Yeah, but see, those guys were Jamaicans going to the snow. I can uh, relate more to that. You can't relate to the Minnesotans? Not to, yeah, not to, uh, you know, Viking territory and, uh, you know, where that's a way of life, so... Yeah, it just didn't really relate to me, you know, and I never rollerbladed or skateboarded or anything like that. So 
that just kind of environment didn't appeal to me. You never rollerbladed? How did you get around places as a teenager? Uh, usually just bumming rides. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean there wasn't an I, Uber back then. But. I didn't. I didn't rollerblade or skateboard either. <laughs> I rode my bike places. But. Yeah, that's that's too. I did a lot of biking. And see, part of the problem is where I grew up, there wasn't anywhere to go. <laughs> I grew up in the counties in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by <laughs> fields and canals. So, just leaving the house was kind of dangerous. You could fall in water or get bit by a snake or something. So, mostly just an indoor kid. Indoor kid. I mean, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I see that. Explains a lot now, doesn't it? It it kinda does. All those all those horror movies you love to you love to talk about. Yeah, well I had nothing else to do. <laughs> uh what was the first story you wanted to talk about? So uh our our hopes were dashed up against the wall this uh recently when it came to uh realization that the uh Crocodile Dundee um reboot mm-hmm. was just a ploy. Um is a, a a campaign for the Super Bowl. It's featuring um, an ad campaign for the Super Bowl for yeah, Danny McBride uh, as the the lead, and uh, Hugh Jackman has also apparently been hinting that he might be a part of this uh, ad campaign for you know visit Australia, yeah, or Australia Australian tourism tourism yeah. board, yeah. Hey, if if you remember from last week, I said that this was all fake, and you said it's an expensive fake thing. I said, well, you never know. Well, Australia's probably looking a lot more enticing to a lot of Americans that are just tired of the status quo. So <laughs> That's that could, true. It could be something, yeah. It could be something. I I mean, it's a it's. I just the only thing I hope is that they don't think that all the talk about this movie or this fake movie means like hey let's go ahead and make this an actual movie you know you you'd be surprised things like this are how you know interest is generated and then they look at the numbers and before you know it yeah like we have the child of dundee or <laughs> son of dundee maybe the next day. i could i i believe it i mean look at um do you remember the i think it was geico caveman yeah, yeah, they got their own TV show. It lasted for like three episodes, but <laughs> it, they got a show on air. Well, it was a funny premise for a commercial, but yeah, dragging it out to twenty minutes was just brutal. <laughs> I remember seeing some of those uh, segments on YouTube years later because there was no other way to see it for a while. Uh, interestingly enough, I believe that's where Nick Kroll got his TV debut. Was in the, was he uh, one of the cavemen? Yeah, he was one of the cavemen. I did not know that. I mean, he kind of has that slightly crow magnet face. He does have that know? that protruding brow. Yeah, he's got <laughs> a caveman face. So, so yeah, that's um, yeah. Maybe it would be a bad thing. I guess I wouldn't be that butthurt if they this just ended up being a commercial campaign. Well, well whatever it is, uh, it, yes. If it comes to culminate, com, com, if it comes to fruition at the <laughs> Super Bowl. Uh, I think a lot of people will be happy. So, uh, Aladdin, the live action Aladdin from Disney, directed by Guy Ritchie, who we talked about on the show because it had some problems with casting, casting extras. Controversial. A little controversial. Is fine, is wrapped, it's wrapped, it's filming. So, at least that part is over now. Are you excited at all about this movie? No. Really? Not in the least. Actually, oh. I'm curious. I'm morbidly curious about. Will Smith's portrayal of the genie. You know, I keep forgetting that he's the genie <laughs> in this movie. That's about the only thing that like I keep thinking about when this gets brought up. And so I'm wondering, 
Is he going to be a rapping genie? (laughs) Well, I'm wondering if we're going to get a full body genie with like MC Hammer pants or if he's going to be kind of disembodied from the waist down and float like in, you know, the most of the cartoon. Right. The original movie. Mm -hmm. And what I'm really curious about is because obviously there's going to be musical numbers. Is he going to do the original musical numbers that you know were done by i don't know if there's gonna be musical numbers i mean look at the other um disney live action movies like beauty and the beast beauty and the beast had a bunch of songs yes but uh, jungle book only had like one i think it had two didn't it i i I think it had one it had the king louis song and then it had like bare necessities necessities, like barely when they were like floating down the river Mm. it's not like uh it's not like the full-on production that they had in the animated one so i don't know if there's i don't know if they're gonna do songs i mean how do you not with will smith he's our, i mean he's known as a rapper well and see that's where i was gonna go with it is what if they do have songs in it but they're like will smithized and they, <laughs> is that a bad know, thing he gives them his little well then i think about the songs that he's done for like wild wild west and men in black but those were good songs they're they're <laughs> they're hooky but i wouldn't say they're good but, <laughs> i mean it, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying. I don't know. It it could probably it could go either way at this point. Yeah, I just want to say is that of those '90s uh, Disney animated films of of you know where I was the appropriate age, Aladdin was my favorite. So I definitely liked Aladdin a lot. And yeah. I think that's kind of wince by default though, because at at that age, it's really arguably one of the few that had a male protagonist at the time. Well, Lion King has a male pr- protagonist. Yeah, but that's different. That's I mean, it's an animal. Like, okay. This is like a, a human guy that you could potentially aspire to be as smooth and awesome as. <laughs> you know? I mean, nobody really wants to be, you know, Simba. Simba was kind of a punk for the most of the movie. <laughs> and like Aladdin's kind of cool, you know, and dashing throughout most of it. Hercules is, is, a, male, is a male too. I didn't like Hercules. And then Hunchback of Notre Dame, that's a male. Oh yeah, let's go with that one. I want to be Hunchback. <laughs> I'm just saying your 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 premise is incorrect because after I mean I think when you think about like Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, and Snow White, those are all before our time. We just happen to watch them again right. because they're Disney and they don't they don't. Well, let me you. rephrase this: in the time where you grew up, who would you rather have been, Aladdin, Simba, or Quasimodo? <laughs> well, yeah, Aladdin, of course. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Is like this is by default. It's the one I would relate to the most. However, if I'm not revealing, I wouldn't. Too much I about wouldn't myself, mind being Hercules though. So. Well, yeah. Although that wasn't the accurate portrayal of Hercules, that was the Disney-fied version. Well, all these are the Disney-fied yeah, version of the characters. So. <laughs> But if I'm going to be honest, I want to say that uh, while I definitely like Aladdin the most, kind of by default, as far as like male protagonist goes, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of have a really soft spot for uh, Ariel. Oh, yeah? Because uh, the seashell bra thing was right around the time when I was starting to notice boobs. So, ah. Yeah, that, that that's a whole different thing there. <laughs> That'll lead us down a dark path. So let's quickly go on to the next story. All right, next story. What's your, what's your story? <laughs> uh, my next story is kind of a sad one. Uh, the show that got this whole thing together, Game of Thrones, has now been revealed to be coming back April of 2019. That's such a long time. That's over a year from now. <sighs> and each, uh, well, this final season is going to be only six episodes long. 
Long episodes, mind you. Long episodes. They're supposed but, to reportedly uh, an hour and a half each at least. Yes. But now 60% less episode or actually 40% less episode than the previous seasons. And um, But if you add up the half hours to each episode, wouldn't that get you back up to 10? Uh, I guess if you divide it up a little bit, maybe. Six, so... But three, we're gonna get extra three. That's nine hours, so yeah, we're gonna get quite a bit in each episode. I hope because they have quite a lot to wrap up. And there is a there are a lot of story ends to to wrap up at this point. I really think we should have a bingo for the final season as as far as like who's dying and uh, what some of the things we can expect to see are. That's not a bad idea. Season yeah. what season is it gonna be? Season it's six. It's gonna be season seven, eight, eight. Okay. So season eight Game of Thrones bingo card, we will make them up and uh, we'll put them on our Facebook and then people can play along at home. Yeah, we should get some cards and see if maybe have some prizes for that or something. (laughs) So yeah, that is my current story. What's your next one? Uh, Another property that I enjoyed a lot as a child and I've gone back and rewatched it since Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The third movie in the series is currently still being worked on. Uh, the writers and the producers, so Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, are uh, t- are taking a lot of pride in in this movie, and that's why it's taking so long. That like no one's getting paid to do any of the work on this yet. It hasn't been sold anywhere, but they are most definitely, uh, you know taking their time because they want to get it right according to them so this means it's primarily just the script writing at this phase right at at this phase yes they're 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 definitely going through what um what they expect to to see in in the the script and and fleshing it out because you know obviously bill and ted are going to be middle-aged at this point because keanu and alex are and I think we've, we're far enough away from Bill and Ted's bogus journey that the two babies that we saw in that movie have got to be adults by now. Well, yeah, given that uh, I believe it came out in, what, 89, 90? Well, I think that's Excellent Adventure came out in 89, 90, no? Okay, so, yeah, so that means it would have been 91 or 92 that Bogus Journey came out. Yeah. So, yeah, they'd be of legal age by now, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So... Oh, see, the last film was released in twenty-seven or, or twenty-seven years ago, so the, the babies would be at least twenty-seven yeah. if they kept with the same time. Interesting. Uh, now, one of the things I read is that they wanted to incorporate uh, current age Bill and Ted, which would be in their fifties by now, I guess, uh, meet their younger teen selves as well as Rufus. Now, George Carlin is sadly departed now, right? So I'm kind of wondering if they're going to digitally replace him or just get a lookalike. I would assume they would digitally replace him. Uh, They even talk about that here in this article from Digital Spy. It says uh, one of his favorite uh, scenes that they have written so far is about the, the older selves meeting the younger selves at the Circle K parking lot and having to talk with Rufus. Let me see if I can find it. So here is, it says, uh, there's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie where middle-aged 50-year-old Bill and Ted return to the Circle K and see their teen selves and Rufus and actually interact with their teen, teenage selves, played by their actual teenage selves. They return to that scene at the Circle K when Bill and Ted first meet themselves. Now, only now, 
they were watching their younger selves and looking at the exuberance and joy that they had at the time in their lives. And they see Rufus and they see George Carlin. There's also a character in the movie named Kelly, which, which is George, George's daughter's name who has a very significant role in the, in the journey. So George is a deep, deep part of it. Obviously, uh, it, the way that they he he words it right there, they see the exuberance and the joy. It's got to be like they're going through some really like midlife crisis stuff and being like, "Man, we used to be so happy." <laughs> Maybe uh, I remember hearing a version at one point where they were saying that even though all the events happened in the past, you know, like the, the events of part one and part two that they still hadn't reached the mythic status that they're known for in the future. And right. they didn't understand why. Yeah. I, I remember hearing something about that too, where there, it's just going to be like, uh, how come they haven't reached that utopia or, you know, their music hasn't shaped the world like it was supposed to. Yeah. Even though in the end credits for, uh, Bogus journey. Bogus journey, we saw that like air guitar was proven to reduce smog and, <laughs> All these different weird like peace things were going on, and, and then Bill and Ted go to outer space. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so maybe some of those were not canon. <laughs> no, I'm definitely gonna say some of those did not happen. If that's the way the movie, unless they're like billionaires and they're just not happy with their lives anymore. I hope Death makes a cameo. I I hope William Sattler makes a cameo. <laughs> I think he's fucking awesome as an actor. So I'd be Mailed happy in. to see. It. <laughs> Uh, all right, so what's your next story? Oh, a quick addendum to that. I hope we don't see Station. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there has to be some kind of reference to Station, though, at least, right? Well, maybe a statue, but that's it. Ah, uh, okay. All right. So my next story, this one's actually really close to my heart. Uh, Joe Bob Briggs, the host of Monster Vision on Ooh. TNT, is asking for fans' help uh, in order to bring back Monster Vision to the Shutter Network. Shutter being a strictly horror-based uh, premium channel or yeah. cable channel. Well, it's a streaming channel. It's a streaming channel. There we go. I thought it was on cable. No. I might be thinking of a... Uh, You're thinking of Chiller. Chiller, yes. Which got canceled. They uh, Universal got rid of it. Oh, really? Well, yeah. that's a shame. Well, anyway. <laughs> yes, Joe Bob Briggs is asking for fans' help to show how much interest there is, gauge the, uh, the popularity of the idea of Monster Vision coming back. Now, Monster Vision was originally on TNT... Mm. It was on there from Wait, the TNT or TNN? TNT, the Turner Network Television. Network Television, yes. TNN is like the Nashville Network, isn't it? That I mean, that's it. It's what it started out as, and then it became just TNN, and then it was. I think that's what Spike became, or what came from Spike, or what Spike, yeah. What Spike came from? Or? Yes, that's the word I was looking for. That's and now it's Paramount TV. Man, these things just keep changing with the times, don't they? So, yeah. And uh, Monster Vision used to have a series of revolving guests such as Penn and Teller and a few other comedians. But I think it really hit its stride when Joe Bob came onto it. Uh, he used to be the host of a different show called Drive-In Theater. See, I think that's what I, rem- I was thinking. Because I was like, I-, I, remember, I remember his show being something to do with Drive or trailers or like trailer park or something like that but yeah drive-in theater that makes sense too they were essentially the same thing but you know they were just branded differently and i remember i I think that was part of the reason why i'm such a huge horror fan is because i grew up watching things like that and usa up all night and 
I mean, Joe Bob Briggs is just a funny guy. <laughs> I remember, like, I mean, he made that the show. He could make watching terrible B-movies entertaining just because of his commentary. Um, and I would love to see him come back. He doesn't look like he's aged very well, but, I mean, if he's still the same sardonic guy, I'd love to, you know, watch him and support him in whatever he does in this capacity. So, essentially, he's requesting that if you're a fan... If uh, you have good memories of Monster Vision, and if you'd like to see it come back, he says go to JoeBobTVShow at gmail.com and email him a video essay, a blog, of anything showing how much you want this to come back. So basically something that he can show to a network and be like, hey. Essentially. I think they'd want to edit it, just a big smash cut of all the fans saying how much they loved it and wanted to see it come back. So I think I might do that, you know, like. I've always wanted to do something like that where I show how much something means to me and um, I didn't do it for things like Coney 2012 or something else of any other importance, but this one feels like it would be worth it. So I think I'm going to be uh, getting the uh, the makeup on so I can look good on camera and there you go. telling them how I feel about it. Sounds good. Uh, I mean, sure. I mean, with all the different streaming sites there are, and especially if he does pick or if Shutter does pick it up, it's a, that seems like a great fit for it, but I, I I wouldn't see why not. Why not bring that show back? Yeah, and I mean, I think the time is right for it. I think we need something like that of that caliber because we haven't had it anymore. And you could have so much more freedom now because, I mean, before on TNT, he was kind of limited to what you could do on broadcasting. Of course. I think this way he would be much more, like, unleashed. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, he used to comment on, like, the censorship that they would do for movies. And it's like, people watch these movies for one thing, and they that's what they edit out. You right. Know, whether it's gore or boobs or whatever. <laughs> you know, and all you're left with is a bad plot. And then then what? They just got to make fun of it, you know? So. Yeah, you have, you have to make fun of the bad plot. Uh, I would assume that Joe Joe Bob Briggs is a, is a stand-up comedian, right? I mean, Yeah, he, I think that's where his start was. But he also, you know, that's where he evolved to is kind of doing tv commentary on those types of shows i mean i'd watch him do stand-up for sure yeah it's funny as hell <laughs> sounds good uh ready player one a movie that i am super stoked for i've uh you know i've gone through the book uh they have moved up their release date by one day so it's supposed to come out uh it was supposed to come out uh friday march 30th easter weekend and they went ahead and moved it to the week, the March 29th, the Thursday. So it, they're essentially they're just trying to capitalize on the Easter weekend and, and get it yeah, out there. So they're just going to inflate their weekend numbers by having it out there early. That's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, one day earlier. Yeah. So, but I mean, we got to see it one day earlier. So yeah, which means that you know everybody gets to go see it Wednesday night instead of Thursday night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I just I just hope that it's it holds up to the book. Yeah, and it's one of those few movies that I'm actually interested in watching in 3D. Oh, that's not a, that's not bad. I think that probably would be pretty good in 3D. Yeah, I still won't go see it in 3D. But <laughs> it could be good. I'll let you know how it turns out. What's uh, your next story? My next story is uh, also my final. Uh, we finally got our first good look at Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. That's right. We posted the the, po- the photos that came out on our uh, Facebook page and. You know, there's a little bit of, I don't want to say controversy, but like uh, hubbubub about these pictures of whether or not they were 
official pictures or their leaked pictures or their official leaked pictures or, you know, if, you know, the production company put them out there themselves or not. I think it's a proper kerfuffle. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, it, and yes, the suit is green and black. Now, the tr- traditional Carol Danvers Captain Marvel outfit is red, gold, and blue. Uh, and the idea that where this green outfit comes from might be the original Captain Marvel of the Kree army outfit. It's like a green and white outfit. Uh, if you look at the version that's in ultimate comics, it's kind of more of a, well, it's still kind of, it's kind of green and metallic. Mm -hmm. So, and I would assume that this would, is it's, it's going to be like, like how Captain America First Avenger was, you know, his make makeshift costume. And the, so he has the, the, the one that he wears on the stage show. And then he has the one where he, he's got the leather jacket and the, and the helmet. And then eventually when we get to Avengers, he's got the more proper looking one. Tactical. Suit. More tactical, yeah. So I, I would assume that's what's happening here. Yeah, any number of things could be going on. There's been some speculation as to maybe the green is meant to be sort of a green screen type thing where it would be replaced with some other filler effect later. Yeah, uh, because uh, one of the versions of Captain Marvel, the one that's uh, Janice Vell, it's the son of the original Captain Marvel. He has a whole power cosmic stellar look with stars and stuff that you can... Basically, like, looks like he has the universe inside his body. So right, if, exactly. Yeah. So that's the you know that that's something that could be happening in that too. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know enough about Captain Marvel either way, but the suit looks cool from I, what I've seen. I thought it looks cool. The only problem I had is that the pictures, and of course, these are not official pictures. You know, it's, there's no CGI done on it yet and stuff like that. The boots on her <laughs> boots. There's he's got like these boot guards. That don't seem like they're actually attached. So, I don't know. Yeah, they're like little slipper-ons kind yeah. of on the top there. Yeah, it's probably just that. It's a, this isn't a, a production still. This is like a behind-the-scenes thing, probably yeah. between scenes. And adjustments can be made after the fact. Now, somebody on Reddit, I believe I think you know who might have done it. But I didn't see who to give proper credit for. Did a recolor. Because, I mean, obviously because it's you know already green and black, it's really easy to kind of fill in change the colors a little bit mm-hmm. and they gave it a more comic accurate color scheme and i gotta say it looked really cool like that like, yeah they did a really cool job if uh if i'm thinking of the, of the correct picture it's uh the artist boss logic uh if you find him on instagram or twitter or even facebook he he, he often does um uh custom photos or custom drawings where people like like the most recent one was um uh, uh, Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal being mentioned as, as Batman, Batman, and he he did a whole thing of Jake Gyllenhaal as Batman. You know, I think I saw that, and it looked weird. <laughs> it does kind of look weird, uh, but yeah, I, I think the I saw that he did the putting the blue or the red on top and the blue on bottom with the mm-hmm. gold stripe through the middle. Now, is it just me, or do I remember seeing a recent picture of Jake Gyllenhaal where he looks ripped as hell? Well, there was Southpaw. He did that movie, and he plays a boxer, and he was really ripped as hell in that. Yeah, so it's like maybe he will become the Dark Knight, but I just don't see him as that for some I have reason. no idea how tall Jake Gyllenhaal is, but for some reason in my mind, he's short. Yeah, I think he was about the same size as Heath Ledger in Brokeback Mountain and... 
No, Heath maybe Ledger wasn't that tall. Maybe was, that's what it is. I, 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 maybe that's the image that I have in my head. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, obviously Robert Downey Jr. is really short. So, but they make it work yeah. through movie magic, through angles and whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not short. He's five eleven. Oh, I'm, I'm the I'm, same height as him. Though. Yeah, I'm five eleven and a half. And uh, but the thing is, Ben Affleck's actually six six four, which is what Bruce Wayne in the comic books is supposed to be. I think he actually might only be six three. Yeah, but then again, Wolverine's supposed to be like yeah, no, exactly. So it's that, not yeah, that so. it's not that big a deal. It's just it's I don't know. It seems weird. He's not imposed. I don't know. It's just weird. But I I just really hope that he maybe he does get a chance to be Batman at least once, so that we can say it's done. <laughs> that uh, no, so that we can say that the Joker did Batman from behind. In oh my once. goodness! <laughs> I'm we might shut down this show now. <laughs> wow. Uh, all right, going from there, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about is a show that I never actually watched when it was on air, but it, it's a big part of pop culture, and I think it's probably the first, one of the first superhero TV shows. I mean, I, probably not, because you got uh, Batman. Wonder Woman came out before. Batman, Wonder Woman, Incredible Hulk, all those shows. All right, Greatest American Hero has been, uh, a, a it's greenlit for a, a pilot pick up on abc now the biggest thing i remember about this show is the theme song <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not i'm walking on air that that th- you know that's all right oh yeah okay good. and it became immortalized by george costanza that's right. Seinfeld, like... believe it or not i'm not home right now <laughs> yeah. uh all right the idea is that this this guy is given a a super suit from aliens and uh, he loses the instruction manual, so he has no idea how to work the suit, and yet he still tries to stop crime and help people. So he doesn't know what he's capable of. Um, so even though he's got a super suit, he's not quite sure if he's bulletproof or if he can fly. And every time he does, he's just as surprised as everyone else around him. <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, it's 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 a show that happened, and it's got a, quite the cult following. So. Uh, here's what they have as a synopsis for the, the reboot of the show. The Disney-owned network has handed out a formal pilot order f- to the single-camera half-hour comedy that follows Mira, M-E-E-R-A, a 30-year-old Indian-American woman from Cleveland, Ohio, whose talents include drinking tequila, singing karaoke, and not much else. It's, wow. it's going to be, uh, I guess, uh, from the team that brings you fresh off the boat, which I think is a very good show. So oh, yeah, I love that show. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they do with this. It's interesting. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, I, you know, with American Greatest American Hero coming back, uh, I think I saw the other day there was a article saying uh, they will be bring. They're trying. Uh, CBS is trying to bring back um, Magnum PI. Oh, wow. Uh, Roseanne is going to be coming back. Full House came back on Netflix. You know, all these old shows. Murphy Brown. uh, Really? Yeah, Murphy Brown. Jeez. All these old shows that are coming back. Where is my Quantum Leap reboot? I want Quantum Leap to come back. I mean... You know know which one I want to see come back? What's that? Uh, The dude from Sliders. What's his name? Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. 
Before Sliders, he was in another show. My Secret Identity. Yes. <laughs> Where he could fly using little Banaka spray bottles or something. Yeah, he could. It's it's. It, he used it to. Well, he was already flying, but he didn't know how to steer. He used the the bottles to like steer him or propel him. Yeah, like aerosol to yeah. control his flight. Yeah, yeah, like spray paint, spray paint or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I sure. Let's get Jerry O'Connell back. He could play the scientist this time, or I don't know, maybe it's the older version of himself, yeah, of his character, or uh, that one show with the the girl whose dad was an alien, out of this world. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't heard about that show in forever. <laughs> uh, the alien is her father, voiced by uh, Burt Reynolds. Oh yeah, yeah, they, but they never they never said that on the show. They, they never show his face. Yeah. Well, they never showed his face, and they always said Troy played by himself. Mm, and it was just a glowing w- rock. It, yeah, that cube it was like a cube on its side, and yeah. yeah. I wonder, I wonder if there was like a thing with Burt Reynolds, like they couldn't use his name or something. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's all I had. That's all I have for articles. Uh, do you want to go ahead and get right into Black yeah, Mirror? Then let's jump in. Okay, so this episode is called "Hang the DJ," and uh, the song plays at the end of the episode. And that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess the the title. How do you feel about the titles for the other episodes? Like not just the season, but like in general. Um, well, I feel like they meant something to the story. I mean, you have fifteen million merits. Okay, that yeah, that obviously That's that means something. Uh, what was it? The the one with about the prime minister having sex with the pig. Uh, it was a national national anthem. Anthem, yes. So that's, you know, that kind of makes sense too. Yeah. It's like a rally cry for the whole but country. There's the one with the kid that's the pedophile. It's called Shut Up and Dance. Shut Up and Dance. That has nothing to do with. Well, it doesn't have anything to do with the song, but the implication is like it's basically like a really wicked game of Simon Says where, you know, it's making you do something. Okay. And it's like, I don't care what you say, you're going to do this. Yes, that's true. Reveal that you're a pedo and then do it anyway. But. <laughs> Yeah, this season more than any, like Crocodile, like I said, we made a tenuous connection with the idea behind Crocodile Tears. Mm-hmm. Um, but the USS Callister was just the name of the ship and the whatever. I mean, that's like, okay. Was that, was that also the name of the show? No, or the, the show was called something else. There was, well, that, what was the show called? I think it was also called USS Callister. That's what I thought too. No, no, because that was the name. What was the name of their business? It was also Callister. Oh, yeah. Okay, so then, yeah. So instead of like USS Enterprise, somebody just named their company Enterprise, but it was still based on that. Mm. So that was, I mean, yeah, it was the name of the show, which was the inspiration for that game that he made or whatever. But Shut Up and Dance, I mean, I did some digging into it. And supposedly... The meaning of the song is like rebelling against status quo. It's the hang the DJ was a reference apparently that uh, Morrissey and uh, Johnny Marr did. Uh, wrote this lyric specifically about a DJ in England who would only play like, uh, like corporate approved music or something. Oh wow! So yeah, so the, so hang the DJ was essentially them saying get rid of that guy who only plays crap. Uh, essentially you know kind of paraphrasing um and i i understand that the theme of rebellion kind of ties into it but only at the very end and in a very kind of loose way a very loose way that's so i guess we should get into like the plot of it well uh, once again 
I did not enjoy this episode. <laughs> I just want that to be out there. So that's this season is four for four for me now. I I I just did not. I, I we got two more episodes left in the season. Yeah, it cannot be. It's not going to be getting a half and half at least from no, me. So no. I hope that the next two episodes are good. I've only heard good things about Black Museum, but we'll we'll find out when we get there. Yeah. Um. Okay. So in this new world that they're presenting to us. People are going on dates based off of a computer algorithm that puts them together. Yeah. Kind of like a dating app. Mm-hmm. And uh, they essentially agree to how long they're going to stay in the relationship based on what the computer says the relationship is going to last. So in the first, the first couple that we see, they uh, get matched up. They meet each other for dinner. Uh, they look at their dating app and the dating app tells them how long they're going to stay in their relationship 72 hours that's all they get so uh the 72 hours is it 72 hours or 36 hours I think that first one was 36 okay 36 sorry 36 hours they 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 stay together they don't end up like boning and, no. and i just said boning because i'm 13 apparently borking Borking, humping, all the all the good stuff that you say when you don't you don't know you're gonna say you're just gonna be like fucking, but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, uh, the the two of them kind of just enjoy each other's company. I wouldn't even say that they enjoyed it that much. I think they were just very awkward with each other overall. And I mean, I think the guy said that it was his first time, or he was pretty new to it. Yeah, and I think the girl. I think she was her first time too. I think because they both treated it like they didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, they were which very what awkward. we find out in the episode, end of the episode that makes that would make more sense. Yeah. So yeah, they uh, so, so this dating app basically rules your entire uh, dating life, as it were. You agree to when you're a part of this system, you go on a date with somebody, and you agree to stay with them for the duration that the app says is appropriate, and that could be anywhere from I think we saw one that was twelve hours. Mm-hmm. to all the way up to like Eight. five years i believe was the maximum i saw on one of them is that oh i, I mean the girl ends up getting one that's just a year yes mm-hmm. no she was on it for nine months i think oh was the longest so it's almost a year and then he got a year with another girl oh that's right and they who, were miserable yeah they just could not have hated it anymore <laughs> um now this episode was interesting i didn't hate it um I said it was derivative early on because there's a lot of elements from other episodes that are very obvious here. Uh, well, at least once the episode is over. At first, they're not that obvious. You know? right. At first, you're taking it at face value. These people are just in some kind of weird neo-dystopian well, society. So when I got to the part where he had to do a year and she had to do nine months, and they, you know, after, when, after they meet each other, even in their group or their pairing and then their next pairing... Like they immediately go to these cabins that the the system has for them or whatever, and it makes me uh, think that. Well, all I could think about was, do these guys have jobs? They they, they seem to just be going. They spend hours upon hours with each other, but yet no one goes to work. And then later on in the episode, like you find out they're in some some kind of dome. So I was like, oh, so maybe that's why they don't have jobs because they live in some kind of like post-apocalyptic encampment where they're trying to restart the world but 
they but people still get to have the preference of who they who they live with they're just sort of trying to match up with each other i don't know I, I guess the episode had me guessing a lot <laughs> at first but then yeah when we get to the end i was just like ah this is this was lame same here as far as see this episode had a lot of potential because it set up an interesting premise and just like you i think i was going down a similar line of thought that uh, they're rebuilding the world but they want to make sure that uh you know, in order to guarantee maybe like a purer form of breeding or some kind of eugenics type program, they were doing this, you know, saying like, we're going to match you with the perfect person so that uh, we can repopulate or rebuild. Mm -hmm. um, so there's going to be a few, you know, tries. You're not going to get it right the first time, but that's okay. We're just going to get closer and closer to matching you with the one you should be with. <laughs> and I would have even taken it a step further and thought like, you know, if you have some good genes that should be like cultivated and passed on you know like in real life i think we should be doing that i think that we should be like purposely breeding <laughs> humans for like superior genetic you know that's like, what the nazis were doing <laughs> well they were simultaneously exterminating another race though like this would not involve extermination oh, like, okay we would still have you know the short people and uh, other colored people just you know but would you though you're picking certain races that you think or certain attributes that you think that are superior well yeah but like a lot of the superior attributes are with like let's say uh some of those ugandans that can run for like 20 miles without getting tired or those uh you know icelanders that can walk around in like sub-zero weather wearing shorts and a t-shirt so i i would want to mix all these different things together not like purify and strengthen the strain but help to like you know cultivate okay yeah i mean i'm not a eugenicist <laughs> i mean you obviously had a lot on your mind watching this episode if you went through all that well it gave me a lot of food for thought that's what i give a lot of credit to this episode like you said it kept me guessing like i thought well maybe this is like a eugenics type program or maybe this is uh, some kind of dome world. And then it, when it started to become clear, oh, this sounds like some kind of simulation. Maybe we're going to see some kind of San Junipero thing come right. back. And it, ultimately it wasn't. So I we'll guess, guess we'll get right to the end of it. It turns out that this whole episode took place within a dating app. And right, it's it's running simulation after simulation of how these two should, if these two should be together or not. Yeah, it runs about a thousand simulations of two people hooking up, and it compiles that data. And I guess depending on certain scenarios, uh, if the the couple decides to be with each other against all odds, then that means that in real life, the people would have a higher chance of actually working out as a couple. So according to the what we see in the episode. Out of the one thousand, uh, 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 the one thousand uh, simulations they ran, mm -hmm. nine hundred and ninety-eight versions of these two rebelled against the programming, and uh, and still ended up together, d despite the fact that the program says that they shouldn't be together. Yes, and there was a test too, um, where they're supposed to escape escape and yeah like there's these like armed guards that are kind of menacing that have little tasers and there's a huge wall very reminiscent of like the truman show yeah you gotta climb that's over. exactly what i thought too i was thinking yeah. it, made me, it made me think of the truman show yeah there was definitely shades of the truman show there was shades of uh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind what with the uh you know repeating history essentially <laughs> um 
So there was some really cool stuff in there overall. I felt like the ultimate payoff was a little disappointing, but so then the rest of the idea is that this the 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 app itself ran this thousand simulations within the seconds that the actual girl walks into the bar where the actual boy is so that the app can be like, oh, you guys are 99.8% compatible. That's a good app. <laughs> it's a really good I, app. I, I, I want that app to Which, be real. To me, if you want to talk about how it harkens back to other episodes and the other technology in the episodes, it, it goes back to US, USS Callister. For sure, yeah. Because of the whole sentient uh, AI. Mm-hmm. Essentially, I mean, that's what these things are supposed to be they're supposed to be sentient even though earlier in the episode like she the two of them uh kind of posit the idea that they're they're both computer programs and they're just running something in their own heads yeah so and and she talks about how how many times have you ever skipped a rock like it's always four it's never less it's never more it's it always skips four times yeah so I mean, Which I that was a neat touch. That was an interesting little touch, is like a way of getting us, you know, kind of giving us the answer beforehand. But I guess that's I. And then at the end of the episode, after she looks at the app and he looks at the app, and they see that they're ninety nine point eight percent compatible, they're both smiling. But that, but then the 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 shot lasts too long, or I mean, long, lasts as long as it's supposed to last. And you see that they no longer are smiling. They're kind of going like maybe they're getting in their heads about it too much. So their, their smile fades away and then they never walk towards each other. Yeah. So we're kind of just left there. Like maybe this whole app simulation was just to give them an idea, but they still have to act on it. And True. what if they neither do? That seems ter- I mean, okay. <laughs> From a person that uses dating apps, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if someone is going to match with you at 99.9% or 99.8%, even if you guys don't end up together, I would still be like, well, I got to fucking talk to this person to see why they match so well with at, me at, at least. least. right? Yeah. But if the technology is this good, maybe you think, well, maybe 989 isn't good enough. Maybe I want somebody that's 99 or 100 because they're probably out there. That seems... <laughs> That seems way too too <laughs> yeah. needy there. Yeah, that's really high standards. Yeah. That's well, really... that's why they got to have the app. That's why it was invented in the first place. I'm sure people like them. Uh, fair enough. That's That seems terrible. But I like the idea that, yeah, like I said, the, they incorporate stuff like the AI. It makes me think, what if every person in this version of Black Mirror has an AI version of themselves in their cell phone? Essentially, it's like the idea behind her, except instead of being just a artificial intelligence it's a copy of yourself in your phone Mm -hmm. and then that which is kind of like uh white christmas like white christmas and uss callister yeah basically it's it's got your personality your thoughts and therefore like i don't know i kind of think that that would be a cool idea in and of itself like you know you could have a like a nintendo me character that really is you doesn't just look like you (laughs) And then, you know, plays in the games that you're playing, you know, like it's doing its, you know, Mario Tennis and whatnot. That'd be kind of neat. And, and this this would be the next logical application is having your me character do all the hard part of dating for you, suffer all the heartbreak, all the uh, deception, all the, you know, like disappointment and all the random sex too, because that was also a part of it, <laughs> um, especially with uh, the girl. Yeah, she, she seemed to go through quite a few. And she did even a couple of ladies. 
That's true. I didn't think I didn't remember that, but yeah, yeah you're right. That's, that's kind of interesting. Meanwhile, Whereas, he he gets stuck with the one lady that he just can't stand. Yeah, that was so harsh, but that felt so real too. Like, <laughs> I've been there, dude. Damn. That's, that was a long relationship to have with someone that you just don't want to be around anymore. Oh man, tell me about it. <laughs> like I just I don't. Uh, I mean, I get it now that the end of the episode because it, it, they're computers, they're just doing what they're supposed to. They're programs, but I was just like. I don't. I didn't get within the show before you get to that point where, like, why would you stay with someone for a year if you're just that miserable? Because the because the part I, of the system. Yeah, but the of, idea of it, I, if I last through this, I could get to the next relationship, which would would will be the person that I matched with perfectly or something. You know. Well, every relationship was supposed to get you closer to the perfect one. Right. Exactly. I and, understand that, but we don't know. At this point in the show, we don't know that they're trapped in a dome. We don't know any of that other stuff. There's no, there's no setup. So to me, it was very frustrating being like, I, why does anybody want to live through this nonsense just to get to this mythical, perfect match? Like, yes, they give us the other couple that said they went through, you know, the dates that they needed to do to get to their perfect match. That, that their forever match or whatever it was what called. What a goober of a couple that was, too. <laughs> well, two goobers, you know, <laughs> make a box, so. <laughs> I don't know. I, to me, it was that's why it was frustrating. I just thought it, it doesn't make any sense until later. And that's just, it. It, pay, it the payoff is too late for me. I've already detached from this story. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. No, I still wanted to see where it ended. But, like, yeah, it was, it was brutally funny when... Uh, their one year is finally up down to the second. And that's when the guy finally decides he wants to say something. And she's like, yeah, save it. And yeah, just walks later. away as fast <laughs> as possible. And I was like, not a second longer. No. Um, there, uh, there was a, another part that I was going to, I was going to say, Oh, I, it was interesting that, you know, the two of them, when they finally get back together for their second go around and she's like, okay, let's not look, let's not look at our expiration date. Uh, that way we don't worry about that or whatever. Yeah. And then eventually he goes and looks, but the thing is you have to both be willing to look at the same time for it to work. And so he, I I didn't quite understand. Did he hack hers or did he just, no, he's just looking at his. So, but I thought you had to have both, people to look at your expiration date no they they would agree to do it at the same time just so they would both be on the same page but one could do it at a time now we're not exactly it's i don't think it's exactly explained why um but one his starts i was gonna say yeah his starts to count down or not count down but uh shorten in length yes yeah, so there's two things that happen there so one of them is uh, because there's supposed to be this algorithm that figures out, you know, the, the couple's uh, success rate and all these other things, because he was the only one that checked it, I guess in the show's logic, uh, it's telling him that, oh, well, you know, we must have miscalculated your guys' uh, compatibility because you checked it and she didn't. And there was also a bit of an AI with this program, too, because they could talk to it almost like it's a person. Well, it was kind of like an Alexa thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, except that it kind of knew more about the relationship. Well, so yeah. This Alexa, Alexa thing was like, oh, uh, you know, we're recalibrating. You know, See, they, now, what I had gotten from that is that 
because he knew how long the relationship was supposed to go, he would react differently than he would not knowing. So him knowing that it was, I forget what, what the original was like five years, five years right? Originally. So then he was like, Oh, well I get five years, but he, but the computer would know that by the end of the five years, he would start to act differently because he knew that there was a limited amount of time where she wouldn't because she doesn't know what the limit is. Yeah. So then it starts going down and then he starts panicking in his head about, Oh fuck, I just lost a year. So that's taken into calculation once again, being like, Oh, well now that he's panicking even more, he's going to screw it up even more at the end. So now it's down to two years and you know, the more that he loses, the more that his heart rate changes, his brain chemistry starts to panicking, he's panicking, all that stuff. So it just keeps calculating more and more and more. And that's what I thought. I, I thought of it. I was like, Oh, well the fact that he knows something that his partner doesn't know, that's why the, he would act differently than if she had known. You know what I mean? Like it was being that intuitive of their relationship because of because of the lie that he would be living. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense because uh, it's constantly learning. It's like a continuously adapting AI. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with him reacting that way, it definitely was taking that into account. Uh, but in many ways, it also helped push him more towards his final decision uh, that the two of them would end up making because she definitely liked him. Uh, you could tell from the very beginning, it's like they got it right the first time, essentially. But they weren't, it's almost like they had to experience all this other stuff to really be sure about themselves. But we got, but we have to take into account that this isn't actually them. This is a computer version of them. They're simulations. They're yeah. simulations that are saying, uh, that are putting their, their personalities through a gauntlet. Yeah. essentially to be like well if they if they went on a date and then weren't end up didn't end up together would they still come back to each other that's why that what makes up their percentage of being a good match for each other yeah which is pretty smart i like that aspect of the episode this episode was full of good ideas just not very very well executed in the end i think yeah i mean i i i don't i still don't say it was a good idea i I don't know. I don't know what it is about this season. I just am not <laughs> happy with it. It's 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 got problems. It's yeah, and like I think it's like what we said in the previous episodes is that I think that they're kind of clomping on a little too much to things that were fan favorites in the past. Right. And they're just kind of trying to like you know mix up some variations of those. And maybe that's where we're getting some kind of derivative stuff, which and is where my comment comes from. It's just, it feels <laughs> like it's got a lot of things that has been done better in previous episodes. And it, it, it also makes me think, like, I think one of the things that I thought about this episode was that it, they were tack- he was tackling dating apps, which are a, a big thing in our culture right now. Yeah, and I turned the dating app to do some research for this episode. Oh. I, f- I found out that I uh, don't have a very g- good success rate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought it would be something, it'd be an interesting commentary on dating apps, but it's not really. It's still no. it's still a commentary on, on uh, I, I guess, AI. Or human nature. The, even if but you see, have the answer even, in front of you, you no, still... Okay, I, yeah. If you go all the way to the very end of the episode, yeah. yeah. Even with the, the, the statistics and the all the work that goes into a, a dating app and you still don't have the courage to go up and walk and talk to this this other person that you apparently you're going to be successful with. But then again, you also have to think, don't people always lie on those dating apps? So, you know, 
with all the information you put into it, is it is it coming back with an accurate assessment of the relationship if you lied in the first place? Yeah, this is very true. I mean, because every 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 person I see on the dating app when I'm on there is is in love with hiking. Like, I don't <laughs> see that many people hiking all the time, so I don't understand why everybody on a dating app is just into hiking. Yeah, where do all these people go hiking around here? Is that even a thing? Uh, so that's I I, I I just have to assume that everybody likes. Okay, uh, one of the things I want to talk about is the director of this episode, Timothy Van Patten. Uh, he has directed a lot of television. We got Game of Thrones episodes, Boardwalk Empire episodes, uh, Rome, Sopranos, Deadwood, The Wire, Sex in the City, Ed, uh, Touched by an Angel, Homicide, Life on the Street, New York Undercover, The Sentinel. Uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he's done all the TV. Yes, he's done all the TV. And he's done some acting. Uh, he was in a TV show called True Blue, which is a was a cop show. Uh, he was in St. Elsewhere and The Master. And he was in a movie called Class of 1984. Do you know that one? No, I don't. Yeah, it's uh, a new teacher at a troubled inner city high school soon ends up clashing with the delinquent leader of a punk posse that runs the school. That's oh, one of those movies. Yeah, movie made in 1982. <laughs> <laughs> you should see the cover cover for this movie. It's just, it's it's very 80s i'm imagining something like straight out of trauma uh, you know that's it, it made me think of that just because of the <laughs> title the classic nuku class nu- of nukem high yeah nukem high so uh there there's that let's see uh obviously written by charlie brooker did you recognize any of the actors in this episode from anything else you know for a split second i thought that the one of the girls that the guy dates um that uh you see him uh, giving him head <laughs> Uh-huh. I thought that was Maisie Williams for a half second. Oh, yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that's weird if that's her, but no, it's not her. But, damn, that was weird that I thought that was her. And, yeah. <laughs> so, Georgina Campbell, who played Amy, the, the girl in the episode, she is going to be on Krypton. She's going to be playing an uh, ancestor of Zod. Oh, She's playing Lita Zod. Um, Wait, is Krypton, I thought Krypton was like the generation prior to Jor-El. It is. Did I did I say the wrong thing? Did I mean should I say no? Ancestor is an older person, right? Right, but like ancestor would be like way back in the day, like a few several generations. Like this, literally, like. Okay, so it's the mother of Zods. Okay, <laughs> but ancestor doesn't necessarily have to mean someone. No, generations but I apart. would imagine. I mean, when I hear ancestors, I think like you know, like several generations back, not like the parent or grandparent <laughs> okay although technically it is correct so we're just nitpicking uh she was in broad church i don't know if you ever got a chance to watch that show it's a no. really good show uh she was in the king arthur legend of the sword movie by from guy Ritchie. she played k she's also in philip k dick's electric dreams which is a show that we said we're going to probably try and do after black mirror is done while we wait for game of thrones right well we got a long time uh flowers tripped after hours brotherhood Murder, murdered by my boyfriend. Ice cream girls. Death in paradise. She's done a lot of TV shows. Nothing uh, I've seen though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I assume it's all British TV well. shows, so we only get so many of those over here. Uh, Joe Cole, who uh, played Frank in the episode, he has done Peaky Blinders, which 
everybody keeps telling me I should give a shot. Give a try to. Uh, Green Room. Oh, he was in Green Room. That was I, I thought I recognized him from somewhere. I think he was the one of the the band members in that show in that movie. It's a great movie. Uh, The Hour, Offender, Skins, which is a very popular show from over there, across the pond. They tried to do an American version of it. Did not do well on MTV. Yeah, Gendry was in that one originally. Oh, was he? There you go. And I, you know, I think. I the 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 guy that Amy ended up with for nine months, he looked familiar. He reminded me of uh, the dude from Dark City, but I know that's not him. Yeah, it's not Rufus Sewell. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else he was. He's in Vikings, which I don't watch, so that's not it. Uh, After Dark. Oh, oh, he was in Les Mis, so that's probably where I recognized him from. The most recent one with Russell Crowe? Yeah, 2012. Oh. So, I mean, that has to be what I I recognized him from. Because I I knew I saw him somewhere before. Uh, Let's see what what IMDb has for trivia for this episode. This will be the first time Timothy Van Patten directed episodes in three years. His previous credits uh, was Boardwalk Empire series finale back in October 2014. Alex Summers and Sigour... Rose, who scored the episode, have released a soundtrack album for the episode. Wow. Uh, Amy telling Lenny her second relationship, we see in this episode, that his exaggerated, ah, after every <laughs> sip of water is annoying to her. That was really was annoying. It is an episode tip of the cap to Seinfeld's season five, episode nine, and of course referenced later in Curb Enthusiasm, season eight, episode three, where Susie does the exaggerated ah in the same fashion. Uh, the song Panic by the Smiths is played as Frank and Amy both flirtatiously smile at one another. Morrissey and Johnny Marr wrote the lyric Hang the DJ as a protest against a specific DJ, like oh, you said. There you go. So uh, not much for trivia, not much for anything of notice other than this episode on its own merits. Yeah. Although this episode did inspire me to write a poem. Is this something you want to recite here? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's hear it. All right. So uh, this is untitled. Untitled. Black Mirror inspired poem. Okay. And it goes, my AI concubine, our data intertwined with simulation iterations, compatible percentile ranges, 98.9 98.9 let's rebel today climb the wall and abscond away to meet in a bar and hang the dj there you go thank you thank you <laughs> you know that that's pretty impressive that's you should like put that up on reddit or something um yeah i don't think so <laughs> oh, come on. well it's, it's a little bit more harsh there i guess maybe but. when i have a compilation of these I, I i've actually considered going back from the beginning as a challenge and doing one for every episode Ooh. so yeah be on the lookout for the one titled pick fucker <laughs> <laughs> all right if you have anything else or, well, i'm sorry was there anything else you wanted to throw no, in that's it. if you have anything else you want uh, anybody would like to talk to us about this episode or any of the news articles we brought up this this episode uh we'd love to hear from you i'm on twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat john's also on twitter as i am at magic bollocks 
The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekeliteradio.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.